0: A quick hello, and we're good to go. Welcome to the show at Trifo-Hoo. Wow. Impressive. <laughs> I know you work at Bright Ray Publishing with our friend Scott Turman, uh, and I can see the the fundamentals of Brand SERPs for Business behind you there on the shelf yep. with
1: all the other books you publish. Yep. One of our best books ever. And uh, the guy we wrote it with, though, could be a little difficult, as you might imagine.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, My ex-wife told me that as well. (laughs) Today, we're going to be talking about leveraging your personal brand to boost the sales process. I'm hugely interested. You've helped us at CaliCube with our sales process and our sales calls, and it's been hugely effective. And I know you know a lot about selling, but you do it in such a, a nice, kind, positive manner. Well, that's key,
1: you know, because you're the kind guy who you're a helper and I'm a helper and we have commonality. I think part of that is our great senses of humor and our our good products that we really believe in, that we're passionate about and our belief that we have something that others can use to further their business. And so because that we have that commonality, I I think that's a big reason why we click. And that's a big reason why sales reps are successful or not. It's a matter of how
0: well they click. With their
1: prospects and, and ultimately their clients
0: all about relationships which is something i i know but i always find difficult to actually get to grips with and the other thing is that right. is we believe in our products and something i think you said to me was somewhere along the line if i truly believe my product will move your business forwards i'm doing you a disservice if i don't sell it to you right right that and that's that's one part
1: the other part is if you're trying to push your product or service on mm-hmm. someone who you don't click with or they don't necessarily need it. Because ultimately, when they use your product or service, and if it's a long uh, um, production process, and you're realizing that this person is a fit, you don't have that commonality, it's kind of come back not necessarily to haunt you, but the production team or, or who you pass that client off to. But the first thing you said is doing a disservice to someone who could benefit from the product but might not necessarily know it, and that's our job, to identify their pain points but then offer the solutions as to what our product or service can do for them.
0: Brilliant, and uh, I mean, from my perspective, not coming from the sales world, I always thought, oh, selling, it's being pushy, but it's not, it's finding the right match between what we offer and what you need and what we, the way we work and the way you need your partner Mm -hmm. to work with you. And it's about relationships. And uh, one thing that uh, strikes me is exactly that. If it isn't a good fit over the long term, everybody's going to be unhappy. So you've got to make sure it's a good fit. Before we get into that though, um, and specifically leveraging your personal brand my personal brand to boost the sales process i always look at brand serps, and here we've got your brand serp, and mm-hmm. i looked in orlando and unfortunately scott's photo is above yours on your brand serp when we search your name in your own town and that's mm-hmm. because on bright ray you're all on the same page together right. and you were talking about commonality and that's one of the things is the about page is mm-hmm. where a lot of people go to see do mm-hmm. i relate to this company Right. Is there a resonance and am I going to have commonalities with them? Your about page is great. It presents everybody. The only problem you have here is Scott is above you on your own brand set, uh, which is a pity for you, not for Scott. Right. Right. Then we look at Bright Ray and lovely knowledge panel. I know Scott is really into this and he's been taking the knowledge panel courses at CaliQ, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's doing a great job. You've got the social profiles. You've got the name of the company. And I know that Scott's building that out with the description and different mm-hmm. aspects of it, like the founded date and the founder name and potentially the CEO. And then we look over on the left and we can see a lot of adverts, mm-hmm. Google ads, because of the word publishing. Right. And that's a huge problem. And I'd never really thought about it like this, is if you have the name of your job or the name of your service in your company title, you're always going to be competing against a lot of other companies, not because they're particularly trying to get on your Brand SERP, but because there is a keyword in your name. Uh, There are solutions to that, but we won't go into that today. Uh, And certainly, if anybody's interested in that, please do join our Knowledge Panel and Brand SERP support group on Facebook. Uh, Just search for Caddy Cube support group on Google, and it will send you right through and you can join up and we discuss knowledge panels and brand SERPs, day in and day out. And I love it. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. So Ed, I've looked at Bright Rail, I've looked at you. It's actually very good. Uh, how disappointed are you that Scott is above you on your own brand SERP?
1: Well, it tells me there's work to be done on me. Um, (laughs) On your personal brand. Right. And and that's why you have been so kind to to work with me. And and I recognize it's a process. It's it's a work in motion and it doesn't happen overnight. You know, as Americans, we all want it now, Uh, but it just doesn't happen now. Uh, there are several things that I'm sure you've touched on through through your many podcasts or when you're working with prospects and clients that I still need to do that's okay. going to help better position me.
0: And, yeah, uh, you've done some great photos, though. I mean, I tried to do great. some photos, and I looked at yours. Yours are loads better than mine. Well, it's because I'm much better looking, Jason. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) And and, and that's part of it. It's getting the right photos, the right description, the right title, the right information, and consistently uh, distributing it around the web. And that's what we're going to do with you. But you're going to build your personal brand because you want to help with your sales process. Now, I think all you need to do is wear a red shirt. That's my personal brand, I'm sure everybody buys from me simply because I wear a red shirt. How true is that? It distinguishes you. And and just going back to the
1: photos, uh, what I did is I I realized I needed to portray myself more as a professional. Part of Mm -hmm. what I do is, besides selling, is is storytelling. I'm, I'm, I'm a publishing consultant. And I've taught, I've certainly have given speeches across the country for various positions that I've held but I haven't been able to to hold on to those pictures through those years. So, what I did is I hired a photographer to to do a photo shoot one morning, to, just for a few hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and I got some great photos in different scenes that I could then drop on into my my website, and in that you're able to utilize. Because as we know, it's the old adage: a picture, um, you know, tells the story of a thousand, you know, words and all. And, and so mm-hmm. people want to look at me and see. Do I have tattoos all over my face? Am I clean cut? Because people want to work with and ultimately buy from people they can relate to. Oh. So if I'm not portraying myself as a professional, because we we work with C-level executives, founders, highly successful business people. And, and if I'm not relatable as portrayed through my photos, that's working against myself. And this all ties into what my personal brand is that carries over to what Bright Ray Publishing is trying to accomplish.
0: Right. And that's a question. Do you know what your personal brand is right now? And if so, how long have you known?
1: You know, that, that that's a tough question to answer. Um, I, I think as a I could say my personal brand on a personal sense is a, is a father is a, is a husband is is all that on a professional sense. I'd say one sense is I'm a sales rep for this company, but is that who I am? Are those the characteristics that best define me? And so what I like to think is I'm a relationship builder. I'm a connector. I'm a problem solver. Um, If you have a problem or or see an opportunity that you want to capitalize on then my brand is someone who can solve that through writing a book because what i explain is is everybody wants to to distinguish themselves to build credibility and that's why we all have linkedin profiles yeah most of us have our bio on their website but not everybody has a book to tell their story to control the narrative to build their personal brand or in some instances, the, the brand of their company or their service or, or product. And so to, to answer your question, I'd say my personal brand is a helper who's a, a publishing consultant who wants to help people further tell their story. Does
0: that answer it for
1: you? You, you think that covers it, it or am i missing something?
0: No, 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 it, it doesn't. It leads me on to another question is to what extent is it important that the person you're talking to on a sales call understands that that is your personal brand?
1: I, I think it's key because if I'm just trying to come across and sell wares without creating commonality, without doing my homework, I, I don't let you utilize LinkedIn or, or Google to, to um, send messages or necessarily identify Prospects, what I do is see who they are to find out what I would have in common with them to, mm. to offer that as a start. Because if I just jump right in and make the assumption you need my product or service w- without setting the stage and trying to control that conversation to a certain degree, it's, it's like leading that dance. The last thing you do want to do is lead your, your, your wife or girlfriend or dancing partner into the wall. You want mm-hmm. to gently direct her where you want this to go. And in a sense, that's the same thing with the sales call. And when you dance with somebody, you just don't pull them onto the dance floor. You introduce yourself <laughs> politely and, and, and say, hey, do you want to do this with me? Hey, do you want to learn more about my product?
0: Right, which, which makes a really good point, because I learned from you very much that I should lead by asking questions and then mm-hmm. shut up and listen. Right. And that was something I wasn't doing, was listening to what the other person wanted. I wanted to explain to them what I thought I could do for them, right. rather right. than allowing them to tell me what they needed and then rephrasing what I was saying or reframing what I was saying to be the solution to their problem, if I have it, of course. mm mm-hmm.
1: And I think it was almost, in a sense, the conversations we had about your your need to, to make that adaptation was changing your personal brand, in a sense, because okay. you, you have a very warm and engaging personality. You know, when I've seen okay. you in groups of people, you're in the center. You're telling stories. You're connecting with people. And I, I don't think people are put off by that. But if you're trying to, to mm. sell your product, you have to, like you said, uh, ask a question, And then be quiet. And and we all have that that want to be known, to be heard. And like Mm. I said to you, sometimes there's going to be that uneasiness after asking a question. There's going to be some dead air. But what I told you to do is curl your toes (laughs) and and just wait and, and see what the other person says and have your next question ready.
0: Right. Yeah, and it's so difficult for me that I've broken several toenails in the last two months, but I made a couple of sales, so that was worth it. Um, So coming back to the personal brand idea, we're talking about how important it is for people to know or at least partially understand our personal brand to see if there's commonality. Um, If I've managed to push my personal brand out, am I going to expect people to then come towards me even though they see no commonality or can I count on people coming towards me because they understand I can help? I, I think you have to be more proactive um, there's so much noise
1: in, in the world, mm. whether it through it's through email campaigns, uh, advertising, making personal pitches, phoning people. Uh, again, you have to find that commonality. I, I sort of, w- what's the the most common way for someone to show their personal brand? It's it's not as common as now as it was in the day, but your business card, right. And people would look at that in Japan, they, they take a very close look and, and, and try to determine the quality of that card. What's the weight of the paper? Mm. That sort of thing. And if you go back, uh, remember in the day people thought the fax machine was an incredible thing, mm. that they could send out faxes with their brand name on it to distinguish themselves. And then it became you could send messages, you know, through through right. beepers and then email came on and and you realized over time or the technology caught up that you could insert your, your, your logo. And then when you could uh, uh, insert attachments and then web pages and all. Mm -hmm. And so technology has been terrific in that regard, but what technology has done is taken away from the opportunity to share your personal brand with, with your prospect, with other people, people who might not even know what it is you do and, and, and really come to the conclusion that you have a service that could be to their benefit. So I think the key is to not rely so much on technology. Go, ba- go back to, uh, you know, the old how to win friends and influence people. Right. And it's all about understanding the other person, listening, creating the commonality as opposed to relying on technology. The technology is great to establish who you are, mm. to build your brand, to show you have a digital presence, which builds uh, credibility. But that's all for naught, uh, unless you're willing to stick your neck out there and, and, and greet and talk with people and engage with them.
0: Right. Yeah, and so kind of from your perspective, you're saying if I meet you, give you my business card, there's already some kind of connection we can see whether or not there is a commonality at least in terms of sure. uh, that immediate impression that you get of people and the more we move into technology the easier it is to communicate the more we communicate sparse oh, sorry, sorry uh, not sparsely the more we communicate with everybody but pay little attention to what's in the communication right right sorry and i mean you, know- you can you can expand on that i was kind of, that was a yeah. statement but a question at the same time yeah Let's get get away from
1: communication. Let's talk more about your brand. You know, when I first entered the arena, of medical sales, I had a a very unique product that um, uh, physicians, primarily plastic surgeons and and dermatologists and podiatrists uh, were our targets, but very difficult to get through and pass the gatekeeper. And so one of the things that I did is I had cookies sugar cookies made by the dozen and i had our our company's brand our products brand uh, printed on the actual cookies everybody likes cookies especially ladies generally who are sitting behind that desk all day long they can dip it in their in their coffee or they can snack on it before lunch Mm -hmm. but i would say these cookies are for you they're not for the doctor so you hold on to these if you want to share them great but what I'm hoping in return is if you get me in to see him for five minutes, that's all I'm looking for. So that was the start for me. And then with some medical practices, you had to bring in lunch. And so you'd brand your lunch, whether it's the napkins or you'd have on the, on the cartons your brand. And then it became, uh, in the States at least, you had a uh, uh, bring in, uh, not dinners, but uh, you'd have to have dinners at fancy restaurants to get doctors. Mm-hmm. And then it became a matter of, of sponsoring trips where doctors could earn mm-hmm. continuing ed over a weekend where they might only have two hours of classes. And then ultimately the FTC came in and said, are, are you really selling your product or, or are you trying to, I don't want to say, Prostitute yourselves and your brand, but but anyways, what was happening is you're getting away from the personal relationship building. You were relying t- too much uh, on um, novelty items, including oh. the pens and pads of paper, instead yeah. of
0: instead of engaging with people, finding that now, commonality. And and swag is this thing in the in the industry and in, the, in the industries in general, but. Somebody once said a couple of days ago, everybody loves swag. I hate swag. Yeah, I was traveling around the world and the reason I don't like swag is, number one, I had to carry it and -hmm. I was traveling around the world with a backpack and it was heavy. And number two is even when I get home, it it sits in a corner I never use and it just seems a total waste. Right. It's gotta be
1: something that's practical, something that Mm -hmm. you can use. And and you you know, not to promote bright-rate publishing, but I'm gonna, one great piece (laughs) of swag is a book because like I said, it's going to tell your story and a paperback is light enough. And if you don't want to carry a paperback, you can download the ebook, but there it tells your your story and you don't expect necessarily your prospect, your readers to read your book cover to cover. They might thumb through it. They might look at the chapter heading to find out what makes you different. What makes your Mm. product something that can solve their problem. But it's right there. It's quick, it's easy, and it's cost effective as opposed to having to buy lunch after lunch after lunch. Or a or dinner weekend after away. Dinner, or a weekend and weekend. But how how much does that allow you to engage and really educate your prospect?
0: Right. That, that's a really good point. I mean, I've got the book and you can see it behind me The Fundamentals of Brand Sets of Business. And sure. it's actually kind of a manifesto of what we're trying to do at Cali Cube, And mm-hmm. What we are now starting to realise is that we need to give it to prospects mm-hmm. so that they can start to engage with me. Uh, somebody we're working with a guy called Igor, who's who's pretty smart, was saying people need to spend in one way sure. or another seven hours sure. with you before doing business. Is that a mm-hmm. fair comment? Yeah, and a lot of times,
1: what it says, it's always been known. You need seven touches before somebody's yeah. going to buy from you but I but I think what I said earlier is we're all busy, but there's so much noise. Mm-hmm. And as far as we go, it's pretty quick to determine if someone's interested, if they see the value in writing a book, because I can keep doing those touches, which I'm not going to say is a waste of time. Someone might, it not, might be the perfect time right then in there for them to write their book, but I'm still going to make those touches, but it's just not phone calls. It's just not emails. It's doing other things. Um, You know, I I remember uh, when I first started out uh, in in sales, people would send one shoe uh, with a note, you know, let's get running together on this. Uh, Give me a call and I'll send you the other shoe. Right. Uh, You know, one of the touches that we have right behind me here is a video greeting card that we'll send to, to prospects that you open it up and there's a minute long message about what we can do for you. And then it contains our explainer video. So we'll send that out with a book or we'll have some of our clients send that out with a book and it separates them. It's, it's another piece of swag, but what people find is, wow, this is unique. This sets them apart.
0: So, swag physical items are still hugely valuable in terms of communicating with the client, potential client, before engaging with them and to project your personal brand. You know,
1: yes and no. We're, we're at a trade show here in Orlando a few months ago in in like any place, people will hand out the uh, eyeglass cleaners. That's something practical that I use Mm -hmm. with, with the logo, but I don't need any more pens. I don't need pads of paper. What people, are using for swag now is, is, is go to my website, watch my explainer video, watch my podcast, uh, read, uh, some of our blog postings that that's swag has become, um, more elaborate, more, uh, specific, uh, in digital, you know, you know, this is your expertise. You can look at uh, someone's SEO and, and, and tell you what's working, what's not. You send out swag, or you hand out swag at a conference, or during a, a client visit, and you know you have no idea how successful that's going to be.
0: Right. I mean, and so swag could also be a quick analysis of your brand serp and, and what mm-hmm. it's possible to do, sure. or uh, a quick analysis of the thirty most important um, references to you online. Right. Um, would that count as swag? Or is that yeah? Yeah, it's, it's a value. a sales pitch. Sorry, right. go ahead. It's
1: a value. You know, I, I would, uh, um, at trade shows, uh, going back to the cookies, yes. I'd rent a, rent a little uh, oven. And after lunch, I'd have my oven going with the smell oh. of fresh chocolate chip cookies. Well, that's value. People want to have a snack and something sweet, so they'll stop by the booth. And what's the value? Well, the value is, to me that I'm gonna to get to engage with them as I'm pulling out a cookie and ask them those questions. And it's also gonna be on that cookie wrapper, the napkin, my logo. And so again, it's distinguishing me, but if, if I'm not utilizing that swag, excuse me, to qualify someone, to ask them the, those pointed questions, to identify their pain points mm. and what solutions we can bring, it's just all a waste of, of time and money and resources.
0: So just giving the swag is there's no point you need to actually engage and talk to understand better who you're talking to. You exchange business cards in the real world. What would the equivalent be online with that idea that I need to give them something, talk to them, exchange, figure out if there's commonality? Right. I think for us,
1: um, our our blog postings, um, Mm. and you were terrific when you said you have to pose those articles with a question because most people – have never written a book, but most of us think we have a story to tell. Oh gosh, I should write a book, Hmm. but you have no idea what that involves. A lot of people think, well, I've got the story. I'm unique. There's somebody out there who'd want to publish my story. Well, those days are long gone. And it's pretty difficult to, to do that because you have to use a literary age and have your manuscript written and chop it around and all. Hmm. And, And so what, we provide is here. Here's how it can be done if you're interested and understand this isn't a quick, you know, two, three, four month process. It's going to take six, seven, eight months, yeah. if not longer. And if you considered how you're going to do the layout, how are going to do the book cover design? Do you know the specifics that you need to follow to submit this to Amazon um, for, for print on demand and, and then to utilize Kindle as an ebook. And people will read that and say, wow, that's a value. I never really thought that through. And Mm -hmm. then the hook is, well, to find out more, let's have a discussion. I can explain to you what your book can do for you, how our process works, and determine if we're a fit to work together to collaborate. Because, again, if you want to pick and choose to the best of your ability, as best as you can, who you want to work with to create that synergy, that sense of collaboration.
0: Right, and and to what extent do you put your personal brand into the blog articles, i.e., to what extent do people are people going to understand who you are, Ed Trifone, as opposed to sure. what Bright Ray can do? Sure,
1: you know that's a, that's an excellent question and it's an opportunity. I, I'm not doing that enough. That that's something I've thought about doing. I've started to started to do, um, but I, I think where my personal brand really comes out is is when I'm on the phone with people or on on a video call. Uh, But you're right. And I I know one way I can do that, one way a lot of people are are, are creating those blogs is through ChatGPT, which really Hmm. isn't cheating. But just while I'm on that topic, a lot of people think ChatGPT can write their book. Hmm. Well, they're going to be able to write your book with what's on the public domain but they're not a chat GPT isn't gonna be able to write the story about your personal insights, the the behind-the-scenes experiences, the trials,
0: tribulations that you had. And the I other thing it's not gonna keep you accountable. Right, yes. And then you're gonna you get lazy. I mean, we all do that, and and with blogs and with books, the right. problem with chat GPT or you know uh, giving it to even even a, a ghostwriter with whom you don't engage during the process mm-hmm. is that it loses your personality so your personal right. brand is not projected at all mm-hmm. and the whole point of the blog or or the whole point a, a huge point of the blog or the book is that people get to know in my right. case me a little bit right. better and i draw them right. closer to me if we have commonality right you're exactly
1: right and and they're going to look at your book cover they're gonna see your color scheme, they're gonna see your face and in a quick snapshot, they see what your book is about. And, and that's key, you talk about, about swag or, or content, that's gonna entice people to wanna to find out more, to open the book, they might read the introduction, they might drop back to the conclusion, they might thumb through it. A lot of times, as you know, people will go right to that table of contents, like I said. And mm-hmm. so if your book isn't written well, and they jump to a chapter and see this is poorly written, people are going to say, well, that's an indicator of who Jason is. If he's not that detail-orientated, how good is his product? So again, that book, any bit of your swag, if you produce pens and hand them out and there's a misspelling, boy, you just wasted a lot of money. So it's all about that personal brand, being authentic, uh, being true to who you are, so you can project through, through the different avenues, especially digital, who you are to make that commonality, to make that connection, to, to um, create interest that someone would, wanna, would want to find out
0: more. That's a brilliant conclusion. But the real conclusion is gonna be that you answer one or both of these questions. Sure. How does branded search help with the sales process or how does the sales process help with branded search? Off you go, Ed. Sure. Well, I I, I think it comes
1: down to who you are. Who is your personality? I, I think all the the technological, the digital presence, your your, your Google business card, just it, um, supports that because you have to present yourself through that as to who you are. And really, when when somebody watches you or reads about you, that's only a one-way discussion. There's not full communication, a give and take with feedback and sometimes noise to address what you're trying to find out. Like I've said to you, you've got to ask those questions. And so demonstrating who you are as your personal brand is just the beginning. It's got to pique someone's interest. And then the real personal brand is when you engage with that person and you show sincerity, you show genuineness, you show that you wanna help them through your service or product, as long as you've identified that need.
0: Brilliant, and I would add to that, that before doing business with you, most people will Google your name. Thank you so much, Trifon. that was absolutely brilliant. I loved it, I learned a lot. And we're going to pass now the baton to Kasper Simansky, which I Simantsky, excuse me, which I know I said wrong, and he will he will be um, what's the word? Laughing at my terrible pronunciation, but he's not going to be laughing next week because he's going to be explaining to us how to grow organic rankings with brand, which obviously I find hugely interesting. Right. Uh, we just got a client whom I realised has increased their branded traffic by 20% in just one year, thanks to working with the CaliQ process. Please, could you pass the baton to Casper? I
1: I can. Uh, Casper, I'll be um, uh, tuning in because this is not only something practical uh, for me, it's something that I've uh, done some some research on and uh, read that you're an authority, and if you're affiliated with Jason, you've got a great story to tell. So Casper, I'm excited. And beyond uh, watching the podcast, that's only the first step. I'm going to get to understand your brand, what you have to say, but then the key is the follow-up. So perhaps you and I can do business together, and I'll know much more <laughs> about what you do by, uh, by watching the podcast. Congratulations, Jason, for Landon Casper.
0: Always <laughs> oh, well, the salesman. Thank you so much, Ed. That was brilliant. A quick goodbye to and the show. Thank you, Ed. You're welcome. CaliCube. It's all about your brand, SERP.